listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. A great, great, great Tuesday episode, and that is because the Texas Rangers are headed to the World Series in an, an absolutely incredible ALCS. So much to talk about. Probably the first half of the podcast we'll be talking about Major League Baseball playoffs, mostly last night's game and the series between the Rangers and the Astros. Also going to talk some college football. We've got some, I I got some information for you on a couple college teams. I want to talk about what happened in the NFL this past weekend. There were a lot of upsets in the NFL this past weekend of underdogs winning outright. In case you didn't know, we'll go over the numbers, but it's just, it's unbelievable how, how much I preach this every single week and every single week it comes to fruition. Anyway, we'll get to all that momentarily. Let's start. Major League Baseball. The Texas Rangers, a team that hasn't had a winning record since 2016, a team that lost 102 games in 2021 and 94 games last year, <laughs> led the AL West pretty much, I want to say, 150 days out of the 50 games out of the 162 games. However, on the last day of the season, they lose the AL West title. They finish with the same record as the Astros, but the Astros win the tiebreaker. So the Astros got a full week off and got the number two seed, while the Rangers had to go on the road to Tampa Bay in a wild card series, beat them two games to nothing. Then they had a five-game series on the road to start against the Baltimore Orioles, the best team in the American League this year. Rangers sweep them. First two in Baltimore, win game three in Arlington. ALCS, Houston Astros. Start on the road again. Win two games in Houston. Come home and lose three in a row. And then win game six and game seven in Houston. Only the second time in the history of all three major sports that have seven game playoff series. Baseball, basketball, and hockey. It's now only happened two times where the road team won every game in a seven game series. And the other time was in 2019 and it happened to the same team the Astros and the same game seven starter for the opposing team was Max Scherzer now Scherzer didn't pitch great last night for the Rangers they pulled him when the game was still 4-2 he didn't get out of the third inning but then the Rangers exploded got to talk about Albombi Adolis Garcia a guy that struck out four times two nights ago and then hits a grand slam in the ninth inning this coming off the brawl that started in game five on Friday night because he felt he got plunked by the um, Astros pitcher. And there's debate whether he he did or didn't, but you know what? Doesn't matter anymore. The Rangers are going to the World Series. I told you at the beginning of the season, I posted three future bets in baseball. Usually I do about five or six teams and bet their win totals over unders. I just didn't this year. I don't know why. Baseball season kind of snug up on me, and I'm like, oh, well, The one team I do know is the Rangers, and they went out and got Jacob DeGrom in the offseason. I knew they'd be better. This is a team that won 68 games last year, and their win total was 82 and a half. Like, Vegas knew they were going to be better, and they ended up winning 90. So I won my over bet. I also bet them to win the AL pennant, and I bet them to win the World Series. So we got the AL pennant in the bag. The World Series at 48 to 1 would be really, really nice. Look, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I knew that they were going to do this. No, it was one of these things where I was confident 
they were going to be better this year. I was confident they were going to be 15 games better than la- they were last year. The Putting the bet on them to win the AL pennant and putting a bet on them to win the World Series, honestly, that was just luck. Seriously, I, I did not think. Nobody in this town thought they were going to the World Series. Are you kidding me? Like I said, this team hasn't won, hasn't had an over 500 record since 2016. They had multiple 100-loss seasons since 2016. Yes, we knew they were getting better because they started spending money. The Corey Seegers, the Marcus Simeons, spending over a quarter of a million dollars, a quarter of a billion dollars, excuse me, on those two players. Then going out and getting Jacob deGrom this offseason. He ended up doing nothing for them. Six starts, blew out his elbow. But you just knew they were headed in the right direction. Good young players. Adolis Garcia, 35 home runs last year. I think he hit 38 or 39 this year. I always believe it was 39 this year. And then to see what he did to the Astros after that plunking. I mean, look, he started a brawl. Everyone in Houston said, oh, my gosh, this guy is public enemy number one. They booed him out of the stadium every time he came up to the plate on Sunday night. And he was horrible. He was pressing too much. He struck out four times. But then he hits a grand slam in the top of the ninth to extend the lead to nine to two. And then yesterday, I mean, doing what he did with two home runs, I think he drove in five or six. You can't. You can't feel anything but joy for that guy. And here's the thing. We, I, we've talked about the whole momentum thing. It means absolutely nothing. I told you before last night's game, I had no idea who was going to win. Clearly, I wanted the Rangers to win. I wanted to see if they could pull this off and be the second team ever uh, to win, uh, to be involved in a, a seven-game series where the road team won every game. And that was the only way they were going to win this series after they got swept at home in the middle three games on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday last week. So I was hoping, but I had no idea. And listen to it. Remember what I told you last night? I'm like, what if Max Scherzer goes out there? It was the same pitching matchup as it was last Wednesday. Christian Javier pitched five and two thirds, gave up three hits and two runs against the Rangers last Wednesday. And the Rangers could not catch up to his fastball. Max Scherzer struggled big time, gave up five runs in four innings. And then what happens last night? Christian Javier gets one out. One fucking out. And he was removed from the game. This is what I mean. You can't predict this shit. Nobody could have predicted that. You could have predicted, like, look, the Rangers had, remember they had zero momentum. They had lost three in a row. They blew their chance. Oh, my gosh. Now all the Astros have to do, the defending World Series champions, all they got to do is win one of two games at home and they're going back to the World Series. Not only did the Rangers beat them, they beat the piss out of them, and they outscored them 20-6 to in two games. 11-4 and 9-2. <laughs> I mean, nobody saw that coming when they just got beat at home and they weren't scoring any runs. It's a, it's a, it's a fascinating story, and I know probably anybody outside of the Dallas-Fort Worth area doesn't give two shits about baseball and the fact that the Rangers are in the World Series but it's a big story out here I you know won some money on it so obviously I'm happy but I think if you're a sports fan you gotta love what this team has done because I remember all second half of baseball season when I did talk baseball I would really only talk Rangers or teams that were hot or teams that were cold and how many times did you hear me say the Rangers just won 12 out of 14 followed by a (laughs) losing 16 out of 20. Like, right, this team is the streakiest team in the world. And could this series have been any streakier? Win the first two. Lose the middle three at home. Win the last two on the road. 
So going into the World Series, no matter who they play tonight, whether it's the Diamondbacks or the Phillies, I have no idea who's going to win. Would I rather them play the Diamondbacks? Of course. Diamondbacks only won 84 games this year. They don't have Bryce Harper in their lineup. That scares the bejesus out of me every time he steps in the box. No, I don't want any part of the Phillies. But, and, you know, another, Game 7 tonight. You have no clue what's going to happen. Nobody has any clue. You can guess. You can speculate. You have no idea what's going to happen. What if the Ash, What if the um, D-backs come out in the first inning just like the Rangers did and they knock out the Philly starter and he gets one out? Because that's exactly what the Rangers did last night. I wouldn't have predicted that after the way Christian Javier pitched against them five days ago, and then it's like a completely different pitcher. It just goes to show playoff baseball is just a different animal. You cannot predict it. Remember what I said before the Phillies and Diamondbacks series started? Do you remember the stat I gave out? The last 20 times, this is before this series started between the Phillies and Diamondbacks, the last 20 times those two teams had played each other, the record was 10-10. and 10. The last 80 times those two teams played each other, the record was 40-40. and 40. The last 150 times those two teams played each other, the record is 75-75. and 75. Now, <laughs> the last 156 times they've played each other, they are 78-78. and 78. I mean, these two teams couldn't be more evenly matched and that goes a span of i don't know 20 years of playing against each other and completely different players there are players that are playing right now that might not have even been born when that stat started so it just goes to show that for whatever reason these two teams are very evenly matched and nobody has a clue what's going to happen tonight i think the rangers clearly are riding a hot streak but that hot streak can easily become a cold streak because I never know what I'm getting anytime this Ranger team steps on the field. Because sometimes they swing out of their asses and they miss a bunch of pitches and they can't and they leave a bunch of runners in scoring position. When they lost 16 of 20, their batting average of the runners in scoring position was abysmal. But in this seven-game series against the Astros, the four games they win, they're knocking everybody in. They had zero momentum losing those three in a row at home Heading back to Houston, now, I knew they had their two top two of their top starters going in, in uh, Nate Evaldi and Max Scherzer, but it was all about, well, is this team going to score? Because they didn't hit at home. Then they come on the road and they outscore the Astros 20-6. to six. Like, they took it to the Astros. They didn't win on an error. They didn't win because they got some lucky bounce. They pummeled the defending World Series champions. And we still have will not have a repeat World Series winner since 99, uh, 97 through 2000 when the Yankees won three in a row. That's how hard it is to repeat in baseball. We have not had a repeat winner of the World Series since the 99, since the, I believe, the 2000 season with the Yankees. So just goes to show anything can happen come Major League Baseball playoffs. I can't believe I'm saying it, but the Texas Rangers are going to the World Series. And if they win this World Series, that would be the biggest bet I've ever won in my life. I've never had a 48-1 to shot ever win anything. Actually, in terms of sports betting, no. I hit 1,000-to-1 in Vegas at the craps table on a fire bet at the Rio Hotel back in 2015. 1,000-to-1, most I've ever hit. So, but 48 to one would be really, really nice if this hits. So let's, uh, let's go Rangers. And no, I'm not going to hedge. At least I don't think I am. (laughs) 
it's we'll see. We'll see as we get as the series goes on. Obviously, if the Rangers are up in the series, I'm certainly not going to hedge. But uh, if it goes to a game seven, you know, we'll see. I don't expect the Rangers to be a favorite over the Phillies, but I don't think the Phillies will be a big favorite. Maybe one minus one twenty. And if the Rangers play the Diamondbacks, maybe the Rangers are minus one twenty or minus one thirty. They do have home field advantage, but clearly, has I mean. There ain't no in the playoffs on the road. Why do they even want to play a home game if you're the Rangers? They're one in three at home and eight no on the road. So I'm just glad they're there. Dallas is going crazy over because they just can't. I think a lot of people just can't believe what what has happened to this team and this franchise because they were just nondescript. Sports talk radio stopped talking about them in June every year for the last seven years. They were they were irrelevant in this market, and now look at them. Congratulations to the Rangers. Let's go win the World Series, boys. Okay, two things I want to cover in college football. First off, I want to start with Clemson. Man, it's starting to get bad for Clemson. You realize this? Clemson is 3-5 and five in their last eight games versus Power 5 teams. They're also 5-6 and six in their last 11 games overall, which would equate to one game less than a full season. It's two wins this year have come over Syracuse and Wake Forest, who are combined 1-6 in the ACC. I don't want to say it's over for Clemson, but you can see this is not – the you had a great run, Clemson. You had a great run. But when you have a great run like that, and then over the course of the last 12 games, you're starting to lose games that you normally didn't lose during that run – it's not going to be so easy to get it back. I think the Clemson fans got spoiled. I think they thought this was going to last forever, like Alabama, and it's not. And if you watch them, you know something's wrong with this team. And it has been for about two and a half years. And I, they're just not as dominant. And I even said that about Alabama. Even though Alabama is, what, 6-1 and one or 7-1 and one this year, I think it's 6-1, and one. I still don't think Alabama is the Alabama of past because we've seen the rosters on those past Alabama teams that won national championships. You had a quarterback room that had Tua Tagovailoa, Jalen Hurts, and Mac Jones in it. Like You had a running back with, you know, Eddie Lacy and when he was good in college. And Derrick Henry and Najee Harris. And, I mean, just the absolute studs that this program was producing year after year after year, the amount of first-round picks, the amount of overall picks that were getting drafted from Alabama's starting 22 was ridiculous. This year's team, I can't think of one receiver that stands out. Jalen Milrow is not going to be an NFL quarterback. I don't even know how they're 6-1. Jalen Milrow's been sacked, what, more times than top five being sacked in college football this year? They're getting by on their defense, but there hasn't been like a stud defender. They're just playing well as a team on defense. But if they lose another game, would anybody be surprised? I certainly wouldn't. They are not what they were. And unfortunately, neither are you, Clemson. It is really taking a turn, and you just watch them play, and you're just like, what has happened? What happened to our dominant offense? What happened to our stud receivers, the Justin Rosses, the Mike Williams those guys, the Sammy Watsons, or Watkins, sorry. I mean, 
I can't name one Clemson wide receiver. I know Cade Klubnick was supposed to be this godsend and number one recruit or whatever. You've watched him play for two years now. Well, the end of last year when he took DJ Uwe Ungalale's job and now this year. Do you think this guy's the savior? Do you think this guy is Heisman Trophy potential? Uh, he might be the fourth best quarterback in his own conference. So just be objective, Clemson fan. Just be objective and look at your team. You know you're not nearly what you were. And you can't say that Dabo refusing to go and use NIL and refusing to go into the transfer portal isn't hurt, isn't one of the main reasons why you aren't what you thought you were going to be. Because it is. I mentioned yesterday in regards to Oklahoma, one of the reasons I bet against them this weekend against UCF is because I was like, in my head, just being a college football fan and following it every year, I've always like, it seems like every year Oklahoma is a huge double-digit favorite at home against somebody and they lose the game outright or it's super, super close in a game they should have lost. So I went back through five years of, I went all the way back to 2017. And I was just like, was I kidding myself? Was I forgetting or was was I accurate? And you know what? I'm pretty accurate on this. So here are the five games that I want to talk about. Last year, Oklahoma was a 13.5-point favorite at home against Kansas State. They lost outright 41-34. They didn't, have a, they didn't blow a game in 2021. Back in COVID, 2020, they were 28-point home favorites against Kansas State, and they lost 38-35. In 2019, now granted this was a neutral site game, but they were double-digit favorites against Texas, 11.5-point favorites against Texas in the Red River rivalry, and they lost 34-27. In 2018, they were 30-point favorites against Army at home, and they won by 7. And if you remember that game, Oklahoma scored late. If I'm not mistaken, they scored late to win 28-21. It's not like they were up 28-0 and Army came back. It was nip and tuck the whole game. I want to say it was like, 7-7, 14-14, 21-21, and then 28-21. In 2017, they were 31-point home favorites, and they lost to Iowa State 38-31. So just something I wanted to point out. I wanted to correct myself and be like, I don't want to just throw something out there without having researched it. I did. I knew I was close, but I didn't know it went back to 2017. I remember the two Kansas State losses in 2022, last year, and then in 2020. Uh, the Texas Army and ISU ones I had to look up. So I, they're, they're undefeated. I'll give them that. They are 6-0 and this year, but I do not expect Oklahoma to run the table. I Yes, they sh- could have easily lost to UCF this past weekend, 17.5-point favorites. They were losing most of the game, and they won by two. Um, they'll probably be a double-digit home favorite later on uh, this year. Just be on the lookout for it. They do this every single year. And this team is not one of these teams that just runs up the score on people like Lincoln Riley did, where it was one of these teams that, you know, maybe this team is better equipped, but I I just watched the UCF game Saturday, and they probably should have lost that one. But Brent Venables is a defensive coach, and we know Lincoln Riley doesn't give two shits about playing defense, so maybe they're more suited to avoid an upset. I don't know couple things in the NFL that I want to talk about. First off, gambling-wise, 
remember at the beginning of the year, I had uh, five over-unders that I gave you in, co- in pro, and two of them were the Pittsburgh Steelers over eight and a half wins and the Jacksonville Jaguars over nine and a half wins. Well, the Jaguars are five and two. The Steelers are four and two. Might be the worst four and two team ever, but they are four and two. However, they play each other this weekend in Pittsburgh. So that kind of bodes well for me. Yes, one of mine is going to lose, but I'm guaranteed a win now. I mean, God forbid, I, I guess they could possibly tie, which would be worst case scenario, but one of these teams is probably be winning this weekend, which means that Jacksonville is either going to be at six wins already and six and two, which means they would only have to go four and five the rest of the way for me to win my bet. Or the Steelers go to five and two and need to get over eight and a half wins. So they would only need to go four and six the rest of the way since they've already had their bye week. They would only have to go four and six the rest of the way. So I guess in a perfect world, I'd like to see Pittsburgh win so they can both be at five wins. And Jacksonville just needs five. They would have to go. um, So Jacksonville would be what, five and three after this. So they would have to go five and four the rest of the way, which is doable. I mean, they have some tough games down the stretch. After this Pittsburgh game, they're on a bye week and then they're home against San Francisco and Tennessee, at Houston, home against Cincinnati, at Cleveland, home Baltimore, at Tampa, home Carolina, at Tennessee. So if they lose to Pittsburgh, they need five out of those nine. We need, uh, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, nine games. They need to go five and four if they lose to Pittsburgh this weekend. I mean, can you beat Houston? Can you beat – can you split with Tennessee – that's two wins right there. Can you beat Tampa Bay and Carolina? That's four. And you just need one win out of San Francisco, Cincinnati, Cleveland, and Baltimore. Certainly they can do that. So um, that's if they lose. If they win, they only need four wins. So looking good there. I didn't even notice that, that Pittsburgh was playing Jacksonville until I looked at the schedule. But um, this past weekend in the NFL, Vegas really uh, kind of cleaned house. I don't know if you know this, but uh, – Seven of the eight underdogs that covered one outright. I tell you that every week. If you're going to bet an underdog in the NFL, bet them to win because Jacksonville won outright as a dog. Atlanta won outright as a dog. Chicago won outright as a dog. Um, New England, the Giants, the Steelers, and then last night, Monday Night Football, Minnesota Vikings. What happened to the Niners? The Niners blow out the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday night football. And we immediately crown them best team in the league. And now they've gone out back to back weeks and lost at Cleveland. Who's a good team. And at Minnesota, who was two and four. Now we can't count Minnesota out, but I don't know what happened to the Niners. Your guess is as good as mine, but we've had, uh, 43 underdogs have won outright this year in 106 NFL games that have been played. 43 dogs have covered. Excuse me. Excuse me. 43 dogs have covered. 35 of them won outright. So in 106 games, I'm going to tell you this stat every Tuesday because I'm keeping track of this. In 106 games in the NFL this year, the spread has mattered in eight of them. Eight. 
92% of NFL games, the spread has not mattered this year. It is just drilled into your head, people. I know if you're a gambler and you like to bet on the games on the weekend, when you look at the schedule, just forget the lines. Forget them. Pick who you think's going to win the game and see how easy or not easy that is. I'm in a league. I'm in a, I'm in a contest where I just have to pick the winner every week. Just pick the winner. No point spreads. You pick the winner every week. And I'm currently in fifth place after two bad weeks back-to-back. This week I went 4-11. and 11. And in my standings, where am I? I mean, sorry, I went down to seventh place because I had San Francisco winning last night. I'm 67-38. and 38. 64%, but that's without the spread. So every week I have to pick every game in the NFL – it's like a $20 buy-in for this, and there's like 30 people in it. It's not a very big pool. But it's just you pick every game, no spread. And I'm still only 64%. The leader is 68%, 71 and 34, which is a great number if you're betting against the spread, but this is just pick the winner. And still, just picking games every week, nobody's hitting 70% without spread. So that's why... Avoid all these handicappers and scamdy cappers that are telling you they're hitting 70 and 80% against the spread or they went 10 and 1 this past weekend or whatever. No, they haven't. No, they haven't. I guarantee if you told them pick every game in the NFL with no point spread, the best one might get 67, 68% at the end of the season because there's so many upsets in the NFL. Dogs win outright all the time, nothing is considered an upset. And have you looked at the schedule this week in the NFL by chance? Six games in the NFL this week. Six where the spread is eight or more. Bills are favored by eight over the Buccaneers. Miami's favored by nine and a half over the Patriots. Kansas City's laying eight at Denver. Baltimore's laying nine at Arizona. Chargers are laying nine at home against the Bears. And Monday Night Football next week, the Lions are laying nine at home against the Raiders. That has disgusting upsets and i i can't tell you who's gonna win i don't know which of those six underdogs are winning outright but i guarantee you one if not two of them do if i knew who was gonna win i'd be rich i tell you that all the time but we just don't see all of them winning outright i just don't think that's gonna happen now normally i think the number going back to 1990 is 82 or 84% of NFL games, the spread doesn't matter. So we're at 92% this year so far, like I said. We're 35 out of 43 underdogs that covered. 35 of them have won outright. So that's a lot. But the spread hasn't mattered, like I said, in eight of the 106 games. So 98 out of 106. That's 92%. The spread has not mattered. Now, The lines are going to start getting higher because we've established who are the top teams and who are the bottom rung teams. So maybe you will have, you know, of these six games, maybe not all of them, maybe only one of them wins outright, but maybe three or four cover, which we haven't seen the likes of that this year. It's like if these dogs are winning, we haven't had a we haven't had a week where more than two dogs covered but didn't win outright. So are we going to see it now with higher spreads? Maybe. But, you know, because you look at it on paper. Oh, the Bears can't beat the Chargers in 
in Los Angeles. No way. They can't win at SoFi. Oh, my God. The Ravens can't lose to the Arizona Cardinals in Arizona. Cowboys did. Uh, oh, the Chiefs. Oh, my gosh. The Broncos are terrible. The Chiefs can't beat them. Uh, the Chiefs can't lose to them in Denver. Mm. <laughs> oh, the Dolphins coming off a bad loss. Oh, they're going to kill the Patriots. Probably. <laughs> That's probably one I'm looking at the favorite. But all these other ones, the you know, the Bills coming off a loss Thursday night against the Buccaneers laying eight. I You know, I just I've just seen so many things happen to where I'm just you cannot be surprised. I don't know how many of these games I'm even going to be involved in any of my picks. I have to really study this week because we haven't had a week like this. This is the eighth week of the NFL season. We have not had a week where six favorites were by eight or more. That's that's a lot. So those have teasers written all over them. You know that everyone and their mother is going to tease the Ravens down against the Cardinals and the Chiefs down against the Broncos. And, hey, they might end up hitting. Chargers down against the Bears, Lions down against the Raiders. Like, they might all end up hitting. But something tells me there's going to be one team that screws everything up and wins outright. It's just a matter of guessing which one. We'll see if we can do it this weekend. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also, rate and review. In case you forgot, the Texas Rangers are going to the World Series. Holy shit. Thank you for listening. Pass it along to your friends. Let them know about it. And remember, if it hasn't been more evident, it is now. The Texas Rangers are in the World Series. Sports will always be the greatest reality show on television. See you.